0: Hey there, everyone. Pastor Josh Blevins here, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Ascending Life podcast. I'm so glad you've taken the time out today. I just want to remind you that if you really uh, enjoy or are blessed by these podcasts, feel free to subscribe to them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find them just by typing my name in at uh, Josh Blevins or The Ascending Life. And you can also check out stuff on YouTube as well uh, to catch all these videos. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down here with Pastor John Randall from Calvary Chapel, San Juan Capistrano. Uh, good friend, longtime minister, faithful brother, uh, pastor. And I really appreciate John, well, for so many different reasons. But uh, during this season, I, I've seen the Lord really call him up and out in his church to really lead the way um, to preach Christ crucified and resurrected to stand up for the freedom and liberty uh, that we have in Christ and in this nation and they are shining brightly as a light being the salt of the earth i really setting an example for uh, churches and pastors to follow and so I'm so blessed that he was able to join me today and we're going to be talking about uh, revival and of course that's a word that we hear a lot of but what does it really mean biblically and what does it really require of us as christians so buckle your seat belts and let's enjoy this time together with pastor john randall Well, hey, Pastor John Randall. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you. So good to have you on board, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me on this subject of revival, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Josh, uh, privileged to be here. It's great to see you. I miss you. Your beard looks great, but it always <laughs> does, and uh, it's good to be here with you. I don't have beard envy. Well, maybe just
0: a little. But well, I've got anyway. I got hair envy, so uh, <laughs> you know we can just kind of swap front to top. We just need to there, take though.
1: that to the cross. Just give it to Jesus. All right. <laughs> Before we even get into it,
0: I do have to know um, how the surfing's been there in San Clemente because uh, it hasn't been that great here in St. Joseph, Missouri, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah,
1: and, and that doesn't surprise me, but I will say it. I've been so busy as of late and um, I haven't gotten out as much as I would like to. And I will say for those watching, I don't know that I could ever have as magical of a day as the day <laughs> you and I went out. I have not had a day like that ever that was that was a one-off from jesus for sure maybe you should tell the people about yeah that was that day. was a
0: sweet time it is the only <laughs> time i remember having a dolphin jump right over my head uh in that a wave amazing. an epic wave so that was pretty oh, a pretty amazing goodness. time i'll never forget that bro yeah that was a great time <laughs> well you have been busy and um for those of those of you watching or listening and don't know pastor john uh, as i mentioned earlier is a pastor at calvary chapel san juan uh, capistrano and Uh, That's right. Correct.
1: That is correct. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am uh, still here. (laughs) And I've been
0: out to the church. I've been out to the fellowship several times. Um, God is doing a radical work in that whole area. And John, it's been so encouraging to see from afar uh, the impact you guys are having, the voice God's given you into people's lives. Uh, In this season where um, the world is going crazy, uh, things are happening spiritually, politically. um, It's been so awesome to see God clearly on the forefront and on the front lines that work through you guys. Uh, Tell me, me, just tell us a little bit about your experience um, this past year and what God's been doing.
1: Yeah, it's been amazing, probably for a lot of churches, Josh, and those who are part of churches watching this today. um, You know, I don't know that any of us could have prepared ourselves for what we were confronted with over a year and a half ago when COVID hit. I'm so tired of saying that word, but it's still with us, and I don't know that it's ever going to leave. And all of, and at the beginning, none of us really knew what was going on. We didn't understand, no one did really. We yeah. saw shots and images of people falling over and dying. So we thought, oh my goodness, according <laughs> to the stats, we're all gonna die, or at least half of us. Yeah. Um, so, but then as time went on and information got out, we realized this isn't everything that they're telling us. And so we decided um, at one point, like some other churches that we have to open. We can't shut down. They shut down this, they shut down that. And then we saw, especially here in California, Um, the inconsistency with leadership that we're going to leave liquor stores open. Those are essential. And there was this whole question about what is essential. And for us, we know that the church is essential and Jesus is essential. And I saw our people in the congregation just man struggling so greatly and fellowship became this lifeline. And so we just said, we can't do this anymore. We're opening up. And that led us to opening the doors, but also we ended up meeting outside at a place in San Clemente called the outlets. It's an outlet mall. And we were given this, Uh, amazing open door that's been still open now for it's going on 18 months this next week. And, um, and we have seen, I would say something similar to, and I've I've never lived, I was born uh, during the tent days, but I wasn't in the tent. Uh, But I mean, we're seeing just, I think signs of revival
0: in God's people and in the church. Yeah. Well, you've, you've mentioned that word signs of revival. Uh, Let's, let's go down that path uh, for a moment, because I think there's, uh, revival has been, at least the word has been in the air for, for years around all sorts of, all, all Christian circles. Um, there's been tons right. of books written on it, messages given on it. Uh, when you hear the term revival being used, what do you think most Christians are referring to when they say it, when they're, they're excited, oh, we want, we want revival, uh, what is going right. on in their minds? Well, honestly, I think when I first
1: started pastoring, Josh, so long ago in the southeast of Florida, I, revi- I didn't really know what revival meant uh, in the sense that, I mean, I would look back and hear there was a revival during the Jesus people movement, but when I was pastoring in the southeast, surrounded by denominational churches and non-denominational churches, they would have signs posted that said revival this time at, yeah. at five o'clock show up for yeah. revival. Like, wow. They scheduled it. Uh, how do you, did know you could do that, <laughs> but that for some people, it meant a particular type of meeting. Mm. Perhaps that meant the gifts of the spirit were in operation Whether they were done decently in an order. I don't know. I, I didn't attend the re- revivals that were there, but, but that's kind of, you know, that term has been thrown around. Like you, like you said, I think a lot of people think of revival maybe um, it's a feeling or it's, it's an excitement or it's, you know, something's happening. But, but revival uh, is much deeper than just the stirring of one's senses. It's something that brings transformation. And I think sometimes we uh, connect revival to just a feeling or I say, I mean, you could go, you could go to a, a film and be moved and your senses could be, so you could weep I've watched, walked out of a movie before where there was a heartbreaking scene of old yeller and, you know, yeah. uh, you know, watching a video and I'm crying, they're going to shoot the dog. You know, I'm dying. I like, just because I moved doesn't mean I, that was a revival. So yeah. it's something deeper than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Revival. I mean, uh, when we think of it biblically, um, I, 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 Habakkuk chapter three comes to my mind where, where his prayer was, uh, uh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years, make right. it known in, in, in wrath, remember mercy. And so there was this prayer to see God do um, a fresh work, to rebuild, to restore uh, things that, that maybe had gone by the wayside. Uh, when, but when I look in the New Testament, I see a mm. lot of language about, about obedience and about mm. holiness and about following mm. Jesus. I want your thoughts on the balance of revival being something God does supernaturally uh, mm-hmm. versus or in combination or, or contrary to, I don't know, our obedience? Um, how much of us wanting revival is us waiting on God to do something mm-hmm. versus, you know, God's doing something and maybe he's waiting on me <laughs> to, to, be, right. to be part of it?
1: Yeah, that's a great, great, uh, great question that you ask. And I want to answer that. I just want to comment also that the word revive, and this is something that kind of, as I did a deeper study on this, not too long ago, the word revive means to return to consciousness, uh, or life to be active and flourishing once again. And I remember when it came, my wife and I were in the airport and I'm going to come back to your question, but we were in the airport and we saw a man faint. I mean, he just went down. And as he was down on the ground, um, we saw people come up and they were trying to revive him. He was, his heart was beating, but he was out cold and they were, they were doing all different methods to try to get him to regain consciousness. He'd been knocked out from something. We don't know. We think it was dehydration. Wow. So he was unconscious. He was living. There was a heart beating, but he needed to be revived. And I think sometimes when it comes to revival in the church, it's like, we're conscious. We know what's going on, but, but we, you know, we're, we have a heart beating, but we're not really thriving or flourishing. Wow. We need to be revived. And I think um, the church needs revival in many places. And that's this is the other thing I want to say, Josh, sometimes we, when we, hear people say, what we really need is revival. We think of, we need revival in the world. Actually, the world doesn't need to be revived. The world needs to be saved. The church needs to be revived. And I think we need to make that distinction to to know the difference that, no, no, the world needs needs to be regenerated, okay? And then the church needs to be revived. So coming back now to this question, what part do we play? What part does God play? I think that all throughout history, be it church history, uh, biblical history, church history, that when there are genuine revivals, that there are certain characteristics that accompany it. First mm. of all, I think there is a return to the teaching of the Word of God. You see yeah. that scripturally. I think yeah. of Nehemiah. I think of Josiah, and even as you mentioned, uh, Habakkuk, etc. I mean, there's these different, uh, or Hezekiah. There's these moments when people return to the Word of God, and that sparked transformation and change. Because when they were confronted with God's Word, they could realize. Well, how far they had drifted. Mm -hmm. And so once they were, they could see how far they had drifted, they realized we need to get back. And so there was, we need to put away the idols. We need to get rid of this. We need to separate ourselves. We need to come back. And so there's a return to the word of God. Whenever there's a genuine revival, there is a return to the Bible. I remember one time a guy was sharing with me, um, he was working in the prison ministry and he had a really thick Puerto Rican accent. And he said, Pastor John. I mean, I don't have a good, thick Puerto Rican accent, but he said to me, Pastor John, it's amazing in the jails. There's revival, revival, revival. <laughs> hey, that makes a lot of sense. You get back to the Bible and revival <laughs> will follow, you know. But a yeah. second thing, not only is there revival in, in terms of returning to God's word, but Josh, another hallmark is genuine repentance yeah. without genuine repentance. I mean, you, you can go through all the motions, jump as high as you want, sing as loud as you want, get the best worship band, turn on the fog machine, get all the lights. And, oh, I felt something. But did, did anything change when I leave? Did I jump really high but not walk straight when I come down? There has to be repentance. Yeah. And judgment begins in the house of the Lord. So um, God said in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent, turn from their wicked ways, that's when I'll step in and, and I'll revive them so yeah i think i think there's a combination god's work but also us partnering with god
0: yeah absolutely and and you see the outflow it's like how are how is the world really going to get saved if the church is not revived and alive to the their purpose their calling the good works god has prepared for them beforehand that they should walk in them right. if they're not walking in obedience how are we going to call other people into obedience in christ and there's there's almost the uh, a domino effect in regards to Um, us responding to God and God using us to do the things that we, we ask him to do. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, I think, I think everyone should be careful before reading too much Leonard Ravenhill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I remember, uh, when I, when I read one of his books and simply he made the statement, you know, one day a simple person is going to pick up the word of God, read it, believe it and the rest of us are going to be embarrassed and and of course there's there's this sense of like we don't want to we can't tr- uh, walk into a legalistic that somehow the work of god is fully dependent on us but i do think that there is a a call that god's giving us to respond right. to the moving of his holy spirit to surrender as you said to repent and to come basically come alive again to his word
1: and I want to say, you know, I think it was Corey Tamboom, Josh, that said when she described um, what revival was, she said, you you are to draw a circle around, you know, in the middle of your community, draw a circle in the middle of your community, stand in that circle and pray, God, revive everything in this circle. You know, start wow. with me. Wow. And this is something that's so important because I think sometimes we think, you know, if we do this, if we get the right thing and the right. The, the other thing, uh, a characteristic of revival is it's not man generated it's heaven sent it's something that you can't you can't make this happen when it's real when it's genuine when it's sincere it is something that you can't explain this is something that god imparts to you and yeah. it's it's something not that you came up with and I got look it, yeah. what we did it's it's the holy spirit yeah. so that is also a genuine mark of revival that is that's real and authentic
0: yeah Totally totally agree with that. Perfect statement. I've always thought of it in terms of like revival isn't something that we humanly can propel, but we can prepare. We can Mm. prepare our hearts. We can make ourselves ready uh, that when God calls us out or when he starts to move, we're in the right stream, so to speak. Uh, We're ready to just move with him.
1: You know, it was J.I. Packer that said it so well. He said, revival is the visitation of God, which brings life to Christians who may have been sleeping. Wow. And it restores a deep sense of, of God's near presence and his holiness. And thereafter springs a vivid sense of sin and a profound exercise of the heart in repentance, praise, love, and evangelistic overflow, close quote. Oh. That's
0: revival, man. Boom. Yeah. So, John, why do you think to the, the person maybe watching saying, hey, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I go to church. I, I sing the songs, I give my tithe, I go to work, I do my thing, um, you know, wh- why? why is, there, is there really more? What, does a, what is happening in the world that demands a, a church that is awake and alive and revived to, to following Christ? What do you see, I mean, we all see things, but tell me your perspective, what's going on in the world that demands a church that is on mission and awake and alive and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit?
1: Yeah, well, I think that we are nearer to the return of Jesus than we've ever been. I think the the signs of the times, if you're a student of the Bible, then that means you're going to be a student of biblical prophecy. Yeah. And we're seeing so much prophecy coming together, nations forming. I mean, if you look around and see how the world is being conditioned, as you see the economic system, how you see America beginning to be weakened. I mean, there's just so many things happening all at once, China and Russia and Iran and all. I mean, you just—it just goes on and on. You're seeing all these nations mentioned in the Bible coming together. You're, you're seeing America weaken in its position, and and I realize again, I'm not—I'm not here to save America. We're here to save the world, and what yeah. saves the world is the gospel. Yeah. And and so I think as a church, we need to be like the men of Issachar, who were able to discern the times in which they were living. We need to have our eyes open. We need to be expectantly waiting for the return of Jesus Christ, and I think that is a major motivation for the, if the church is living like Jesus is coming back, well, that affects the way the church operates in its ministry. If you're living like he's not coming back, then that also will have an influence and impact on your church and the fruit that follows. So I think because of the times in which we're living, um, you know, the days are are increasingly evil. We see birth pains happening. We see all these things. And if you're not aware, you either, you're asleep, you're unconscious like the man in the airport, you need to be revived. And, and see what's happening here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and there is so much work to do, and um, we don't know what tomorrow holds, uh, good or bad, but the way the trajectory we see things going, like you said, in light of, of biblical prophecy, in light of the return of the Lord approaching, um, I think, would you agree that we are entering, especially in our Western culture in America, into a time where God is doing a lot of shaking and, and sifting uh, of the church, uh, of those who profess Christ and really building up and trying to prepare us to, to really to really uh, be that, that New Testament church, for lack of better terms, that, that church that is is committed to one another, committed to the gospel, committed to Christ, even despite various costs, um, where we might not see a cultural acceptance like we have in the past towards Christianity.
1: I do believe that wholeheartedly, Josh. I think that what has happened in the last year and a half Um, at least in the initial stages, suddenly people who were not in church, people who were kind of on the fringe, they realized I really need to be in church. I really, everything that I used to enjoy that was a distraction and kind of could replace being in a relationship with God, be it my kid's soccer game, my this thing, or my that thing, or my job, or my, suddenly it was all stripped from us. We were all, it's like the playing field was leveled. We were all in the same place. And suddenly people were coming back to church and, oh, we need God. They would show up. When we opened the doors, they would show up weeping, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Wow, God's doing something." But you know, it's been it's been interesting to watch because now I've observed as we've kind of gotten back into, it, and it's nothing. It's not normal. I don't know that we'll ever be back to what is normal. Um, but but you notice people just kind of drifting back into the comfortable, and yeah. and you're seeing it happen, and and you realize, man, they've kind of lost sight of everything that God did. But God is God's God's not done. God yeah. is still using these things. He is shaking us up. Everything that the Bible says that can be shaken will be shaken, right. and it's happening. So, if you're trusting in my bank account, or you're trusting in my my job, or my 401k, or my this, or my, all that stuff is temporary. There's only a few things that last forever, Josh, and that's yeah. the souls of men and the Word of God. Yeah. So yeah. we need to we need to kind of operate in that mentality and have you know lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We need to set our mind on things above, where Christ is seated. And so, yeah, things are things are definitely shaking, so that we get we the Lord would get our attention, and He would do that throughout Scripture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, let's look at those who are might be might be watching or listening or stumble across this, and they're there saying, you know, who who am I to be part of a revival? I mean, maybe it's mm-hmm. something I pray about, maybe it's something I envision that uh, happens at a church or with a pastor or with someone who has a personality or is known. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what What am I going to do to really make a change or an impact uh, for the kingdom of God? Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with with yeah. that because they, they see revival on a corporate sense, but maybe right. fail to realize it on an individual sense that I am part of what God's doing. How mm-hmm. can we encourage people uh, in what God is asking them to do in this time?
1: Well, I think revival, again, uh, to go back to what we perhaps alluded to earlier, is that it does start with the individual. And I think God does a work in my in our own hearts. I mean, if you, you look back at, let's say one of the examples, maybe if you ever read about the revival with Evan Roberts, it was, it was a unique time. God was moving by his spirit. These are just normal everyday people. Yeah. I mean, these, these are, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are loyal toward him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. He didn't say talented people. Yeah. He didn't say, you know, pastoral people, theologically astute. Um, that wasn't the prerequisite. It was just people's hearts. See, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. He's just looking for people who have a heart for him. And, and whatever that revival looks like, if that revival is just in my family, in my marriage, with mm-hmm. my kids, then so be it. And yeah. if it goes beyond that, yeah, oh, great. I, whatever you want to do, Lord, it's just me. I, I realize my need to, to be revived. I want. I can't lead people. In, in a church to be revived if I myself am unconscious. So God, like help me. And then in turn, I'll be able to help my wife and lead my kids and, and the church. So, so it's not about who you are. It's really about who he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes we get so preoccupied with like, the big things God is doing, which yeah. he is, he's doing big things everywhere. Sure. But we also want to encourage people, man, it's in the small things. It's in, right. it's in those moments where, you're, you're tucking your son or your daughter into bed every night and you're speaking God's word over them and you're praying for mm. them, wondering what the effect's going to be. And then one day a light clicks or one day God mm. puts a calling on their life and you recognize that was all worth it, right? One person's life could be worth it all. And, uh, yeah, I
1: think there's corporate revivals and there's yeah. personal revivals like yeah. you're kind
0: of talking about. Like, I want to be part of both. <laughs> I want, Absolutely. You know, I want to be part of both. Amen. Well, let me ask you um, regarding the things you're seeing happening in your church uh, in, in let's call it the big sea church in America or the world. What are the things you're most encouraged by that you see um, in this season? And what are the, what are the things that concern you the most about where we might be headed or things that we should be aware of um, coming down the pipe uh, that, that we should really be thinking more about? Yeah,
1: first of all, the things that I'm uh, encouraged by, I think for us right now in this season, something that's blessed me is seeing the heart uh, that people have for studying the word of God. Because Mm -hmm. of this last year and a half, so many churches were shut down. And I'm not here to criticize any church. Um, The church is the Lord's, it's not mine. So, but there were churches that had a de-emphasis of scripture. Yeah. and it was almost like an afterthought if people brought a Bible to church, well they were a visitor I mean it just was it's something and I didn't know that those places existed, but yeah. they do and yeah. I, and the reason I know that is because when all of those places shut down and everybody was compliant, these people were desperate for fellowship yeah. and there were some pastors that were like, sorry, we're not yeah. opening and so they started coming in and when they got here and again, we're just a church yeah. so we teach the bible you teach the bible that's kind of what we do uh, in the churches that we pastor that's kind of the model we teach expositionally and for a lot of people Josh i saw and i'm seeing there was a discovery of the bible you know remember when when Josiah the first thing he did when he became king so young he went in he began to repair the house of the lord and then they discovered under all of the yeah. rubble they found the word of god yeah and they brought it to him and they read it to him and when he read it he tore his clothes yeah like the, it was the word of God was hidden in the house of God and they couldn't find <laughs> it. I mean, what a, what a crazy spot. Anybody seen that Bible? Oh, we don't have them here. Oh, there it is under the program. Oh, there it is under yeah. the community. There it is under the mops. There, yeah. it, not, not that those things are bad, but I'm saying those things could easily replace scripture. And because I've, I'm part of this club and I've got fellowship, or I've got people I'm connected to to do life with, but I don't know how to do life according to scripture because nobody teaches me. So I think when people came in and started discovering the Bible, it was, I mean, even last night, I'll give you an example. Last night, we finished the book of Nehemiah. Right now I'm teaching through three books of the Bible. There's a whole lot of Bible going on here. Yeah. We just finished Revelation. Yeah. Uh, we are in the Gospel of John on Sunday night. Wednesday nights, we are in the book of Nehemiah. And uh, now we're in 1 Corinthians on Sunday mornings. We are in the Gospel of John still on Sunday night. And so we ended Nehemiah last night and our people get super excited. They're like, what's the next book? <laughs> and they're, I'm serious. Like yeah. I, I've never pastored during a season like this. So everybody's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And, I, and then it flashes on the screen, Genesis. People are like, yeah, they're <laughs> cheering for Genesis. I'm like, Lord, thank you that I'm here. Yeah. People are hungry. <laughs> so that, that encourages me to see people excited about Jesus and, and worshiping. Our, you know, in California, Josh, this is the other thing I'm encouraged about. Um, when, when our governor uh, said, you guys can't sing. <laughs> it was crazy like okay we're not doing that so yep. we our people have started singing and they have not stopped since they come together and it's like i think because when they go to work they wear a mask all day they come into church there's no mass, there's yeah. no social we don't we don't do any of that we just yeah. worship god yeah. it's like the roof goes off we are we're pressing in together yeah. that really blesses me the atmosphere of worship is sweet mm. um so those are things that encourage me. On the flip side of that, the question was, what is discouraging? What are some concerns that you have? You know, I think some of the concerns is watching the some of the churches try to, I suppose, um, acquiesce to the demands of the culture, yeah. to the world, to become like the world, to where um, whether it's CRT. Or whether it's um, you know this particular organization anti Black Lives Matter whatever all of these things that you see the church kind of or vaccine and mask whole another thing that's really happening out here in California I mean it, terrible would be the day that you have to have a, a religious exemption to go to your church but there are churches. That are thinking about you know separating the vax from the unvax, and and I, if you want to get the vax, that's up to you. Yeah. I'm not going to. That's my opinion. That's the freedom. You should have the freedom to yeah. or not to. But but it concerns me when you see the church kind of getting on this bandwagon and saying, hey, listen, you need to misusing scripture. If you really love your neighbor, you would do this. Yeah. If you really are Christian, you would do yeah. this. So, um, and then the other thing that concerns me, and and this is the, and I know I'm talking a lot, but but there's no, this good. this this balance on either side. Where you have, let's say, a spectrum, and you've got these, this group over here that is so political, and I mean so political, like it's just, you know, today we're going to open up your Constitution to Article (laughs) One, you know, and let's go over the preamble. Ready? You know, and and I think, and maybe I'm being facetious, but I mean, it's it's almost like every week, it's all, and people come for that reason, and and I think I appreciate the voices that are speaking up and in the know. But but it's almost like if you if this is the draw, and you are you're getting away from the word, and you just kind of pepper the scriptures in with this and try to tie that into the current political system, I, th- yeah. I think you're missing it, yeah. and your people are because they're not going to get strong in that. You might rally an army, but are they walking with Jesus? The yeah. other side is is the indifference. Oh, this isn't the last days. That they're not conditioning you. You don't have to worry about yeah. the vax is not a big. You know, it's just believe so it's, the best, yeah. Yeah, those two things concern me right now. And for me, I as a pastor, I've never walked this way before. I've never had to go through this. I'm trying to strike the balance. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best to live in. And I'm going to emphasize scripture. I don't mind talking about these things, but my main thing is Jesus. I'll, I'll go and vote. I'll I'll say a word. I, I'm not afraid yeah. to talk out about it. I. Yeah. I. But, but I think that the missing the balance in churches right now to where Christians are now saying things that every that the world's saying because it's funny and it's amusing, but it means something else. You probably know what I'm saying. Uh, And I just think that concerns me too.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think you are hitting a chord for so many of us in the, in the ministry. I mean, and, and, and of course the larger church, I think there are a lot of people who are seeing and sensing the same things. I know that, that when I start to hear um, uh, churches sort of parroting, the 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 secularist godless worldview, and basically whatever's coming from the world, uh, we just we just kind of it just kind of comes into us, and then we spew it out and and put some mm-hmm. Christian language on it, um, right. and act like we're you know we're 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 a relevant, uh, you know loving compassionate people, um, but really our our doctrine and our actions don't look any different from what's coming mm-hmm. out from some political party uh or some secularist um uh organization right uh that that's deeply concerning because that's that tells us man we there are a lot more shallower roots (laughs) than we thought um and at the same time how encouraging it is to get people coming to church saying oh wow you you taught the bible and you you amen. weren't afraid to say something about some about this and bring it and anchor it back in the gospel and anchor yeah, it back amen. in God's word, right. and we're sitting here going, well, what did we do? That's what we're supposed to do. And yet yes. it's so encouraging because people are getting awake to it. They're 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 right. starting to see things for what they are, yeah. um, And that's that's been we just finished Second Thessalonians, uh, mm. and I I don't think I've ever seen such a hunger for people just wanting to have a greater understanding for the times we live in, and. Wow, it's all there. It's all written. It's mm. it's all God gave it to us beforehand that that we would know and be aware of what's of what's going on. And it's been so encouraging. Um, I don't know about you, but I think I think filling out uh, religious exemptions for vaccines mm. has become a part-time job <laughs> for me. It really has.
1: And that's a concern because here yeah. here's the thing. I we have Josh, we have people calling from other churches. And I won't say the names of the churches, but us they're too. big churches. Yeah. And they're saying, "My pastor won't uh, help in this way yep. can you help me I've had this one pastors from other churches say can you help out my because I'm I, I just I, it boggles my mind that that part of indifference and well we don't want to get political we don't feel that that's our place yeah. listen when the unlawful or when the when the people who are in charge are acting unlawfully we have a responsibility Absolutely. and I, listen I never I felt like they brought the fight to us as pastors yeah. I never wanted to be some you know, I don't want to address these things and talk about this, but I'm being asked the question all the time and people are looking to their leaders to give some kind of um, biblical guidance with, with, you know, not that I'm the authority on this, but no, but, but I'm trying to help, you know, but
0: but there, there are, there's a lot of authorities, uh, spiritual authorities that are, are using biblical, um, a a biblical umbrellas to really as a cop-out of being courageous, of being bold in the Lord. And, uh, and, you know, you're, I had the same thing where again, not being not trying to be overly critical, it just really happened. Right. It just it's something yeah. that happened. You know, a person came to me and and well, I talked to my my pastor about this vaccination request, and he told me that it's just his job to pray. And I thought, well, well, pray, of course of course, pray, but but when did it become the job of a Christian uh, to stay out of the 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 fight um the 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 battles where things that actually matter to God are are at stake are on on the gotcha. line. Um, We ought to be courageous in that. But uh, yeah, especially right now with the kids, Josh. I
1: mean, here in California, our governor is the most uh, aggressive uh, tyrant that there is out there. And he's trying to get everybody to vaccinate their kids. And parents are pushing back. They're not having it. And so but but this is so so if you're going to tell me that's political, well, you're entitled to your opinion. I love you. I'm going to disagree agreeably. Yeah. And I think Um, But I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm going to stand in the gap for these people because a shepherd's job is not just to feed it to pray. It's also to protect. David could have prayed all he wanted. But at some point he had to pick up a rock and he had to hurl it at the giant. And I just feel like that's something God, I got to, I got to run to battle right now. Yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. Well, for those who are watching or listening, uh, would you have any final encouragements, any final words uh, as we've kind of wrap up this topic? Um, we've talked about a lot of aspects of, of revival, a lot of things going on in our culture um, and bringing it back to the gospel. Uh, what would you be, be your final words of just encouragement, ex- exhortation to those who who uh, get to listen to this?
1: Right. Well, I, you know you mentioned Leonard Ravenhill uh, a while back and I know he's got some good quotes. And, and, uh, and one of those that kind of always hit me and just one of those things that kind of stirred me, push the button. And he said, as long as we are content to live without revival, we will. Wow. And I don't want to be content to live without it. And so I want to press into that Lord, whatever that looks like. I'm not, I'm not asking God to, to redo something that's been done. You know, the Lord said, I'll do a new thing. I'll, I'll do something that hasn't been done. That's the, that's the God that we serve. Lord, you do whatever you want. I just want to be open to it. So I would say to the person saying, you know what, I, I, I need a personal revival. I, I really want to draw closer to the Lord, not just with, with my lips and have my heart far from him. I, I want to press in with all that I am. I would say fast and pray. You know, Josh here at our church, we spent 30 days uh, as a church through the month of September praying and wow. on those days splintered throughout, we had fasting as well. Yeah. And again, that's a personal thing between you and Jesus, but, but nonetheless, there were days that we just set aside, just seek the Lord. And this through this month, we just prayed. And, um, and god's doing something. Yeah. He's doing something in us. And, and I'll tell you some of the things that god did I didn't expect. Some of the things that he showed me in that time were things that I had overlooked and he said I want you to this things this needs to be made right. I was like, "Wow, I didn't expect that." But those are the things. You just you lord, I want more of you. And so I as the deer pants for the water brooks, my soul longs for you. I'm pressing into you. I I I want more of you. And and the wonderful thing Josh is when we uh, the Lord's not saying, you know, you need to work harder, try harder. Come on, yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll revive you. Oh man, he, he, he is longing. He's, he's, his arms are open wide. We have access and I'd encourage anybody just to run to the Lord and say, God, I surrender. Show me whatever you want to show me. Um, you know, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Oh God, like purge me, cleanse me, uh, you know, renew a right spirit within me. Just those are the prayers that I think bring revival.
0: Awesome. Well, John, again, thank you so much for for bringing your insights. It's been such an Got encouraging it. conversation. And, uh, and man, God's at work in these last days. And we want to call people up and out um, by faith to trust in the Lord. If you're watching, if you're listening, we just want to continue to encourage you. Um, uh, God has a plan for you in these days. Don't, don't underestimate what he wants to accomplish in and through your life. Amen. Um, and as pastor John was saying, just, uh, just, just get out there and, and, uh, be become awakened to all that God is doing. So, uh, we love you guys, John, thank you again. And we it, look bro. forward to seeing you again soon, bro. All right. God
1: bless you.